Just think if, if Florida had like closed the borders, but in order to drive business, they would have said something like, you know, it's time for Floridians to rediscover Florida or something, you know, and made it about day trips and not so much fucking assholes coming in for a week. Yeah, well. Dance, monkey, dance. this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. All is right with the world. <laughs> it is. Yeah, why not? Wait, wait, what happened? Did I fall asleep? You did fall asleep, oh. yes. Yes, it's five years later. The snap is gone. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's returned. Yeah. This is, this is P.S., post-snap. Oh, post-snap. Okay. Post-snap. Yes. Did I miss anything in the last five years? No, nope. not a damn thing. Nope. <laughs> not a blip that's going to be in the history books. Okay. Well, fair enough. And how were you? No, oh, I'm good. I, I spent this week building a computer. Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite the beast. Um, because I'm, I am cheap and I decided to, um, research the best price at different places. Not all of the components came in at the same time. So it was a very slow build. It was, it was more like, Oh, Hey, here's the motherboard. I can put the, I can put the, uh, the processor on it. And then I had to wait for the Ram and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but in the long run, I did save myself about 300 bucks without, you know, with having not buying it all in the same spot. So, mm, okay. You know, <clears throat> and this computer will do about anything I want it to with the exception of a slower graphics card, because you can't find a graphics card now because of all the they're all coming from bit miners. China. Well, no, Oh, for the bit miners. It, oh, the bit miners are, are really putting a, a, a crink in the fucking hose here. Um, I don't know why all of a sudden we're back to bit mining. I mean, it seemed to go away for a while. Mm -hmm. And now it is truly like um, AMD released a card that was supposed to be a generation faster than the last one. It turned out that the cards that were reviewed were actually slower, but they were all sold out within five minutes of being online anyway, because people just want them for mining. So it's a big mess. So I had to use an older card, the the card that I had in my other system. But I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. It just won't do everything I want it to. So. But you know, when things do go back to normal, I'll be able to get a decent graphics card. And so I'm not lumping it in. Well, there you go. So you know, silver lining, light at the end of the tunnel type thing. And then you'll be able to bet mine with the best. Well. I don't understand how that all works. I've tried to watch videos. I was like, well, maybe I can do that, but it's 
you need all kinds of fucking computers and graphics cards and you're you're not actually mining bitcoin you're finding i don't know it's a big fucking mess Mm. so whatever but yeah that was my excitement for the week yeah yeah did you uh did you watch uh superman and lois this week i did did you notice the absolutely terrible digital rain over the beginning of the episode did you notice the absolute bad digital effects the entire episode well i mean the the rain really stuck out though yes there is literally a shot of lana's daughter sitting in the stands with no umbrella on her phone with digital rain like supposedly pelting her in the face right and i was like at what point did they decide that it needed to be raining <laughs> that it just wasn't enough that it, it it had rained and the adults had uh, like umbrellas in the stands but like just because somebody's holding an umbrella doesn't mean it has to be raining and when you have a moving camera and the rain doesn't move with the camera it's right. really really apparent what's going on it just it cracks me up that that is like the level of like this is good enough for our audience but yeah, the the rest of the episode was pretty bad too. I'm I'm starting to wane on whether or not I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um, I don't know. I just don't think it knows where it needs to go. It's it's something. It's um, and I like I said, I really like the Superman guy. I really think that he's the best part of the show. He's, mm-hmm. he's a decent Superman. And I just think at this point, like they, they had an idea of what Superman raising kids would be. And it just, it didn't follow through within the edit. Like they, they just don't know how to tie that all together as far as like, like, um, Lois Lane's father telling the kids that they don't need Superman to do whatever. And then you get the kid who somehow was affected by the ocular blast. Right. To where all of a sudden he's like the flash now, like he's like super fast or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And then Superman pretty much takes him into the upper atmosphere to like kill him to quote unquote calm him down. Like the, the, the kid can't breathe at that right. altitude. So I don't know what they're trying to say with Superman now. <laughs> but we did find out that the big bad guy is mining dead kryptonite. Did Apparently that, that sounds to be right. And the biggest deposit is in Smallville. Why? Because it followed Kal-El, I guess. But he was on a ship with a predetermined course. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in the world of superpowered people, there really is no explanation as to where they're getting their powers yet. So, I don't know. I just think it's going to become freak of the week again. Another Smallville. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I think I'm going to give it another week or so, and then maybe I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I've already given up on Batgirl. Oh, have you? Yep. What was it that, that threw you over the edge? It's just this stupid story arc that there's this magical island and Kate may be there alive. She's being held against her will. But this is an island that um, Alice had been to and she's had her memory wiped. And it's like, oh, for Christ's sake. (laughs) So is there some weird body double with tattoos that's supposed to be Kate that they show in like shadows? Like tied to a uh, No, not yet. No. <laughs> no. No, this is a magical island where there's a flower that only grows there, which will cure any any illness. So it's Tangled from Disney? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they gave it to a little girl who has blonde hair and it keeps growing. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay. I mean, hey, they could they could totally bring in um Zachary Levi to redo um Flynn Rider and show up there as Shazam, like Flynn Rider as Shazam type thing. Yeah. He'd be totally willing to do it. Well, I mean, I didn't have high hopes for Batwoman at all. Yeah, and apparently it's going to be canceled. Oh, was that a fact? That's that's something that, that popped up this week. But they have other plans for her, which means they'll dump her on another show. Oh. <sighs> Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just end it. Just end it. Yeah. yeah. Have her show up, like, guest starring in places or whatever. Why? But don't. I mean, it's it's cool that there's a Batwoman in that world, I guess. Sure. You just don't have to show like the shit that she's doing. <laughs> like what? Think about think back when they introduced Batwoman, and it was her and Gotham running around, and she takes them to Arkham Asylum, and all the props from all the villains were there. You mm-hmm. didn't have to know who she was fighting or what she was doing. It was just happening. And then, you know, they needed her help. So, you know, there's there's a Gotham villain running around Central City. Oh, we should really call Batgirl to come and take him away back to Gotham. You know, that kind of shit. I don't know. I'm I don't know why I'm trying to save their properties when they obviously don't care, but Yeah. But whatever. So speaking of DC, mm-hmm. they uh, they released the Snyder Cut on HBO Max this past Friday. Okay, um, four hours and two minutes long. Holy shit! So it's twice as long as the theatrical version that they released three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was. Yep. Um, this time it was Zach's total vision. Um, and I will say that I like this version much better than the Joss Whedon version. Okay. Um, it's basically the same story. 
um, told in a much different way that the, did you ever see the original justice league? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have HBO max to, to view? I do not. Okay. I do not. So the, the arc where Batman goes in like the middle of the movie to go find, um, Aquaman. Yeah. Happens over the opening credits of the Snyder version. Oh, okay. So things are kind of in a different, different, um, order. It's, and I had recently watched the, the Joss Whedon one because I wanted to be fresh on what they had changed or what they had added and to really see what was Zack Snyder's, um, work and what was Joss Whedon's work. And anytime there is a stupid joke, it's Whedon. Hmm. Okay. Um, and seeing, seeing some of, of, um, what was ripped apart and reassembled for the theatrical version Warner Brothers should really be ashamed of themselves that they didn't follow through on the original idea. Really? Yeah. It's okay. it's a lot better. There's there's a whole lot more on Themyscira that happens. Um there's a whole lot more with the Atlanteans that happens. Um while Superman still isn't a huge part of the movie, his appearance is a lot better than the the campiness that was in the theatrical version there's no they toned down um uh the flash like yeah. all the all the stupid shit that Ezra Miller was doing in the theatrical cut was Joss Whedon okay um he, there uh, it's it's hard to explain if somebody wants to watch it and not to spoil it but um Basically, everybody has a bigger part to play as opposed to Warner Brothers telling Joss Whedon that he's got to turn in a two hour movie because they want to be able to stick it in theaters for X number of showings a day. Um, Cyborg is a much bigger um, part. It's almost his movie. Um there's all this, there's all this surrounding stuff that's, that's going on with Steppenwolf and dark side and the mother boxes and any question that you had from the theatrical version of like, well, how the hell did they know it was there? Or like that seemed awful easy for Steppenwolf is all explained in the new version. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a new coda scene where it's in the future and it's the nightmare timeline. And, um, but this time it's not just Batman. Batman's there with the flash and, uh, cyborg and the Joker and a couple of other people because they're trying to change the past. Like it was the, the next movie beyond this was supposed to be all in that future. Um, and tell the story of how they saved the planet from dark side, which we're okay. never going to get now. And it's a damn shame. And I hope that the people that got the Snyder cut, um, 
who did all those those viral campaigns and all that. I hope they yep. go back to Warner Brothers now and say, look, everybody loves this film. You really need to reconsider letting him finish this story. It's it it's a lot better than than what Joss Whedon had turned out for sure. Hmm. Okay. So like it's Joss Whedon was too busy harassing people. Well, possibly. But I mean, it's it's an interesting take because I don't think we've ever had an instance where this is not a director's cut. This is a true reimagining of the original script Mm -hmm. Um, without having to go back and film a bunch of add on stuff. They did go back and film some things. The Joker inclusion was one of those. Right. Um you know, and and not really sure what the future holds and where this could be. Like, it's kind of cool that they were like, you know, we have this character that everybody wants to see more of. Um, not so much the Jared Leto version, but like the Joker in general. Here's a way to include that. We're going to use what's already been established within that universe with him, but make him cool. Like the Suicide Squad version of the Joker was an over the top person that you didn't want to watch on screen. I would like to see more of this version of the Joker. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Simply because the things, the things that he's talking about and the way he's interacting with Batman, which is what we haven't seen from this Joker makes me want to see them on screen more. So it's, it's an interesting idea that with this version of the film, it's a way, way more alternate take on any kind of director's cut you've ever seen. Lots of times they're just putting back in cut scenes for time and, you know, restoring things right. here and there. This is a complete, like, this is, this is not what you saw in the theatrical version. Huh? So it's, it's really, really interesting and it's a good movie. So, you know, I would say if, if there's a way that you can watch it and you have four hours, you know, <laughs> only four hours. I know it's a, it, it's a, it's a big commitment. It's an hour longer than Endgame, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's a lot to, to sit down and take in, but I do truly feel that like it's worth it if, if you've got the time. So just saying. Well, I will definitely search it out. Maybe there's a free trial for HBO Max I can get. Uh, no, there's not. Bastards. It, because of of their um their idea of releasing all the theatrical stuff at the same time on HBO Max. Yep. They've only made it so that you can get like a six month subscription for a lower cost. Um, and that's how they're that's how they're doing it. Hmm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, I uh I really did I 
I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because, you know, you 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 live with something, a version of something, and then you know it gets hyped up as something else. And I was like, well, I wonder what this is really going to be. But I'm sitting there watching it, and it's rated R, and so there's a lot of there's some blood, and there's some more, um, there's some more violence in it than what you're expecting from a superhero film. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but it it plays out really well. Cool. Yeah. And I'm glad he got to do it because we never would have known like the level of what he was planning. Yeah. It all would have been like hearsay and, you know, shit online. Right. But yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Any big revelations in the new movie? Um, no, I mean, it's a lot of the dialogue has changed fundamentally from um, the villains just because they were, they cut out dark side. So you're only dealing with Steppenwolf. Okay. And so they rearrange a bunch of the dialogue and, and doesn't make a whole lot of sense in, in the theatrical cut. But with the inclusion of, of dark side and the way that some of the scenes were supposed to originally play out, it would, it's, it makes it a lot cooler to see like, instead of Steppenwolf and like facing the, the Amazonians and the, and the Atlanteans and man and all that it's dark side and he's a much better villain and more powerful and when he gets his ass kicked by them it means something more than just Steppenwolf um but like as f- there's no real huge revelations besides like the way that things were going to play out originally okay so well cool it, it's nice to hear that uh it's good yeah yeah, and I know there's there, there's a lot of people that are like it. Oh, it's still a bad movie, but like it's better than the other bad movie. It's like you can't <laughs> look at it like that, man. Right? Like if you're going into it is like the other one sucked and like like it just just let it go. Like look at this as a new experience. Don't don't tie yourself to the other version of the movie. So. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I've seen a lot of stuff online today from people that we know that are like, Oh, well it's, it's still a bad movie and you know, I don't think you should watch it. Well, no, I think you should watch it and and make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. Fuck them. (laughs) You're not the be all end all of fucking movies. Not. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Falcon and Snowman this week? <laughs> yes, I did. I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. Thoughts? Um, not a whole lot happens in the first episode. No, but but the two action scenes are really well done. Yes, they are. They that's for sure. They they are on par with anything you've seen in a in a Marvel movie. 
Right. Um, what I'm I'm wondering is whether or not the first episode is meant to draw you in with like big action scenes and then you don't really get another action scene for like five episodes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like we've only got a limited budget, so this is what we're gonna spend it on. We're gonna we're gonna grab their attention and then it's all gonna be character building. Mm. Um I hope not because like Zemo's coming and you know Falcon and Winter Soldier aren't even in the same place. Right. At the same time. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll see. Maybe it's like that, that, that Ryan Gosling movie where like they're, they exist in different times. <laughs> see, that would be interesting. Um, I liked it. I, I think I, th- you didn't love it though. Well, because I think the um, the appeal of those two characters is their interactions together. Right. I think in Civil War and the little bit that they're in together in like um, Wakanda and Endgame, not Endgame, in Infinity War and like, and at the end of Endgame, um, shows shows a different dynamic than like, here's them trying to like live their own lives. I know they have to do that in order to bring them together. Right. But you know, having just finished WandaVision, they didn't tell that part of the story with Wanda until later on. So to see it here feels a little slower than what we got with WandaVision. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like they they're ramping up to something bigger than Wanda though. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I don't care about Sam's family business. But what if Zemo goes after the family later on? How are you going to feel sorry for them? Well, Okay, fine, but you didn't. That, that didn't have to be the whole episode. I don't know. <laughs> there was an awful lot of that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and it's weird because like there's this this whole scene that happens in a bank where they're trying to get a loan, and the guy's like, "Do I know you?" And he's like, <laughs> "He's like Falcon," and he's like, "Yeah," but like five years prior, Falcon was a wanted fugitive. Like after after civil war they were him and captain america and and um black widow were on the run and for like 2 years so now it's all just like hey remember me i was the guy that helped save the world right but you're a fugitive so i i don't know there there's a lot of that kind of hand waving stuff Uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, once they get back together, I think it's going to be great. Right. Um, but how long until that happens? I guess. Uh yeah. Yeah, I'm interested interested to see what they're going to do with Flag Smasher. Yeah, I I wasn't sure what they were doing with that. I know that the dude that um Sam is running around with takes over for Falcon in the comic books. Yeah. 
So, you know, if he becomes, if Falcon becomes, if Sam becomes the real Captain America, then, you know, does that mean that that dude takes over as Falcon? Who knows? Um, but I think, uh, in the comic books, Flag Smasher was one guy, right? Yes. It wasn't like an organization. Not that I remember, no. Okay. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they work that in. Yeah, I like the fact that they brought the dude back from Civil War. That um, no, uh, Winter Soldier that fights Cap on the boat. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that that Marvel doesn't forget about people in their movies that only had small small roles, and they're like, hey, we're gonna bring you back into something b- bigger. Right. I like that. I like that about Marvel. So. But um, yeah, I I I'm I'm not saying I didn't like it because I did like it. Um, I just don't I don't think I liked it as much as Wandavision yet. Okay. So. All right. Have to wait and see. Yeah. One more week. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Hey, it's superhero TV and it's not the WB. (laughs) So. I think that's a good thing. Sure. Sure. It's, it's nice to see Marvel's take on television. That's not agents of shield, I guess. Mm hmm. What else you been watching? Um, I watched an old Morgan Spurlock documentary on Prime. Super Size Me? No, Comic Con Episode Four: A Fan's Hope. Oh, okay. Uh, it's from 2011. It follows a group of um fans going to comic-con there's a couple of guys who want to be comic book artists there's a a woman who does cosplay costumes uh there's a guy who wants to propose to his girlfriend um so it was kind of it was it was an interesting movie it wasn't um like trekkies where they were like totally just like busting on these people and making fun of them at their expense right um they showed like the two guys who wanted to be comic book artists going to their portfolio reviews and stuff. And one guy was constantly getting turned down and told, it's like, you know, you've got talent, but you don't have your own style. And the other guy, they were like fawning over him and he ended up getting gigs before he left that weekend. (laughs) Um, The kid who proposes to his girlfriend does it during a Kevin Smith uh, Q and a, I should say a fat Kevin Smith Q and a, um, um, but yeah, he's, he got select, he, well, he, he made arrangements so he would get selected to ask a question on, on Mike and, uh, he asked the question and then he goes, well, I have one more question. And Kevin Smith is like, for me, he's like, no, for somebody else. (laughs) And Kevin Smith's like, do it, do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, they talked to Eli Roth. They talked to uh, uh, Stan. Stan Lee's in it. Stan Lee. Josh, Josh Whedon before he became a pariah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of a fun little thing. It's like 90 minutes. Okay. Um, number of celebrities are in it. I'm assuming because, you know, it was Comic-Con and they were available and they could, you know, well, it's Morgan Sporlock. This is after Super Size Me, so I guess he had a name. Uh, was it? Okay. But yeah, I think it's, it's uh, you know, if we have nothing else to do, <laughs> it's worth checking out. Um, one of the people they follow is this old guy who owns Mile High Comics. Okay. A big comic retailer and he has a mint condition copy of a comic book called red raven okay that he was like trying to sell well that he didn't want to sell but he was trying to pay off some debt and stuff so he was had some he had a two guys cutting with him um carrying over a million dollars worth of comic books oh, in like geez. two two briefcases um, in the end, he ended up making a lot of money doing a 50% off sale, so he decided to keep all his good stuff. Oh, of course. But it was kind of interesting. I mean, I never really paid attention to um, why it was called Comic-Con. <laughs> like, it used to be the, the big hiring fair for comic book publishers. Oh, okay. And then it became pop culture and comics kind of fell by the wayside. Well, and especially like, that oh. one, that, that totally got taken over by Hollywood. Oh yeah. And then they were like, Hey, you're, um, you know, this is going to be where we present all this stuff for like the upcoming movies and, and pop culture shit. And then all the comic book shit went to the side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of unfortunate, but you know, it works out. I mean, Megacon was like that too, though. Back in the day, Megacon was, was more about comic books and not so much like pops and t-shirts and shit. You know, it was, yeah, that's true. And it, it was truly a comic book convention. Right. And you know, that there weren't all the panels and the cosplay and everything. It was basically vendors. Right. And you could, you like, even the, um, even the celebrities w were kind of sidelined and it was more like comic book creators and stuff, um, like way back in the day. So it's not like it was now where you can't even get into where the celebrities are without, right. you know, having something to get signed or whatever. Well, one of the one of the people they're interviewing makes a comment that um, it must have been the comic book guys saying that, you know, you can't even use the, the loading dock anymore because Star Wars owns that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. Star Wars owns everything. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm also still watching Resident Alien with Ellen Tudyk. Yeah. It, it's good. 
it's good. The humor comes in the weirdest places. Yeah. Um, this last episode opens with the theme song from Cheers. Okay. And you see the alien out of his disguise, just walking down the street and people are high-fiving him. And, um, he walks into a bar and they all say hi to him, like on cheers. And then you go and you see him at his house with his wife and his kid. And they get a, a package from the UPS guy okay. or the federal or whoever the delivery guy is. Um, and um, they open it, and I guess it's the he's looking for this this piece of equipment from his crashed ship, so he can destroy the Earth. Okay. So he opens here. Excuse me. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he opens the package, and it's you know this this glowing thing, and um. um people start disappearing like it's kind of like the snap okay but it's more like they're disintegrating like you see like them you see them turn to embers and then like their clothes fall okay and the last shot is is the gate of the house in the front yard and it's the the delivery guy's clothes and his prosthetic leg (laughs) it's like oh that's kind of well done okay but yeah, I mean, there's this kid in town who can see that he's an alien, and um, he and his his friend are trying to, you know, discover the truth and call him out. And um, Alan Tudyk's character just wants to um, find the rest of his ship so he can complete his mission. And at the end of the whole opening sequence, he wakes up, and he goes, "Oh." Apparently, I dream now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's only a it, fourth episode is the one that just aired. Yeah. Um, be worth checking out. I think you would like it. I've always liked Alan Tudyk, so. Yeah. Even before he, Firefly. Yeah? Yeah. What was he in before Firefly? Oh, he was in a ton of stuff. He was in that really bad um, <gasps> um, Will Smith movie, I, Robot. He plays the robot. Oh, really? And so it's all like motion capture, but like it looks like him. Like the, the actual robot kind of like looks like him. Oh. Um, he's the best part of that film by far. Okay. Um, so I had seen him in that. He, I'd seen him in a couple other things. He's been in a ton of shit. Yeah. He didn't really become like a nerd fixture until Firefly, but. Okay. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's well done. I would check it out. Okay. Um, I've been trying to watch this NBC series called Debris. Yeah. Um, it's about this alien ship that disintegrates over Earth, and every week they kind of find a new piece of it, and they're trying to rebuild it, and I just – I'm I've – watched four episodes i think that's enough (laughs) yeah is it just not written well or is it i don't know i'm just not getting into it okay just it's kind of like eh. i mean it's like a it's like a bad lost oh i mean that truly is like 
shit today really needs to capture your attention. Oh yeah. Quickly. And not just like, you know, maybe, maybe this season is their like crappy season. Well, I'm not going to stick around and find out. Yeah. Well, that's, that sucks. That, Cause I had seen, I had seen commercials for that mm-hmm. and it kind of looked interesting, but I wasn't going to go seek it out either. Yeah. Yeah. Just not enough time in the day. No. Nope. Nope. I've been poking around Peacock. Yeah. Not too terribly excited about anything there. No, nothing on there is kind of sticking out to you? No. The Saved by the Bell series. I, You know, I hear that that's better than a lot of people give it credit for. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's so one of one of the guys that I I used to work with um, asked me if I had watched it, and I said no. Um, I didn't really like the show when it was on, so why would I go back now? And he he likened it to because he knows how much I like the Cobra Kai TV show, mm-hmm. and the fact that that's way better than it should be. And he's like, that's exactly how I feel about Saved by the Bell. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like like you think it's just going to be more of the same shit, but there's an actual decent story there. Hmm. So I was like, okay, oh, okay, sure. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, maybe. Huh. I would not expect that to be the case. Well, n- neither did I, which is why it, it kind of stuck out to me. I was like, wow, okay, sure. Is Does it focus on the new kids, or is it a lot of the the older kids, the parents now. I think it's, I think it's a mixture. I think it's kind of like, um, it's, it's kind of like, um, Cobra Kai where there's half of the story is the characters that you know, and half of the story is the new kids. Okay. And how they're, they're interacting together. Mm, Okay. So I, I think that, um, that's very much like how it is. Like, cause I think Slater still works at the school. Yep. And Zach is always shows up, but he's like the governor of California or something mm-hmm. like whatever. So, um, I think that maybe it's, it's like that it's, it's them bouncing off of each other, but then like, Hey, this is the new generation at whatever the school's name was. Right. You know, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I'll check it out. We'll but see. I'm sure they're only like half hour episodes. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Peacock also has Warehouse 13. I just started rewatching that. Oh, there you go. And uh, that's still good. That was always a fun show. Yeah. I rewatched. Um, a movie from my childhood, Iron Eagle. Oh, okay. Back in the days when when I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I went through I went through a time where I really wanted to be a pilot, and then they discovered that I was partially dyslexic, mm. and that I could never be a pilot because I would see things backwards in the cockpit. Okay. And that's not a good thing. 
Mm. But uh, it's Louis Gossett Jr. Jr. and um, and Jason Gedrick. Yes. And the totally believable story of a U.S. Air Force pilot being shot down in the Middle East, and his kid, <laughs> uh, who knows how to fly an F sixteen, makes a plan to for him and Louis Gossett Jr. to go rescue him. Yep. It's uh. It's a little hard these days to suspend some disbelief or something like that, but really, yeah. You don't think that could happen? You don't think some neighborhood kid could go over to Iraq and <laughs> the, rescue the, his dad? The best part, I think, is the fact that he can't really do anything without listening to music. So he's yes. got this—he's got this um, tape recorder strapped to his leg the entire time. And well, he's listening that's... to like Queen and a bunch of other music. And like when he's not listening to it, he can't hit a target. But as soon <laughs> as he turns it on, he's hitting everything. And it's like, oh, okay. Sure, I guess that was a way to get music into the movie, but whatever. Right. Well, I mean, that was one of those 80s. That was the 80s. That's when you had to have a soundtrack. Yeah, 1986. Yeah. Yeah. And then, know, I mean, Iron Eagle 2 happened and Jason Gedrick didn't want to do it so his character gets killed off in the first five minutes of the movie hmm. so it's like you know that character that you like got you know that you identified with as a kid and like oh man that's cool like he's flying a jet and he's saving his dad yeah he's dead <laughs> and his career has gone so far since then yes I mean I don't know what he's been up to since then i mean he's he, he's done a few things he was on desperate housewives for a little while oh okay well that's still 10 15 years ago i mean he he strikes me as the generation previous um his version uh he's the version of casper van Deen. okay like casper van Deen when he did starship troopers was like he was going to be the next big thing and it never really happened and I feel like Jason Gedrick is the 80s version of that. Oh, okay. That's the movie where they fly the, what is it, the Lost Man formation on their way back? Yes. Isn't it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. I remember. Uh, Jason Gedrick did a episode of the Lethal Weapon TV series. Um, the Lethal Weapon, the one that's on now? I guess, yeah. He did it back oh. in 2019. Okay. I mean, and again, this is a dude that you don't really hear of, but he never stopped working. Oh, well, that's good. It was just stuff like he he went out in 1991. He was in Backdraft for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Another weird movie where, like, you have a movie about firefighters, but you have to have an antagonist. Just can't be <laughs> the fire. So right. we're going to set it up so that there's like a rogue firefighter that's setting fires. It's like, okay, sure. So he was in that. He, he's done a ton of TV. Murder One and Easy Streets. You've ever heard of those? The Beast in 2001. Uh, Boomtown. Windfall. Desperate Housewives. He was in Necessary Roughness. Uh, he was on Dexter. Did you ever watch Dexter? John? Still there? Hello? Hello? Hey. There you hey. go. Hey. <laughs> 
Sunspots. Sunspots, yeah. Uh, he was on Dexter. Okay. Um, and he was in a show called Bosch. I guess that was on. It was either HBO or Showtime or. One yeah, of yeah. Uh, he was on Beauty and the Beast, the remake in 2015. I mean, the dude's never. There was there was a remake of that. Yeah. I barely remember that. It was a whole. Oh, it ran for four seasons apparently. Oh. And 70 episodes. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> whatever. Four seasons, 70 episodes. Yes. That's that's not even qualified for syndication. No. Of course not. Uh hmm. and there was 22 episodes per season, or at least for some of them. Okay. So yeah, there was a remake of that. Jason Gedrick was in it, you know. So I mean, like I said, the dudes never stop working. So good for him, I guess. Well, uh, that's that's great for an actor. Yeah. Just didn't make the you know the superstar status that so many actors are looking for. Well, yeah, but then they've all been fucked up. So. Well, true. You know, did he want to be the next Corey Haim? <laughs> Or Feldman. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, I watched that. And uh, I also watched um, another. I was being very nostalgic this week. And I watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger film True Lies. I keep seeing that popping up on Prime. Yeah. As a comedy. Yes. Is it a comedy? It is. Um, so it the, the two stars are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold. Right. I, and, it's and Jamie Lee Curtis is Jamie in it. Jamie Lee Curtis, and it's a James Cameron film. Right. And James Cameron wanted to do a, a quote-unquote spoof film of Secret Agents. Okay. And it walks this weird line of comedy and action. Um, it's one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger films because it's so different. Um, if you've never seen it, I would suggest setting how it's, well, it's two hours and 20 minutes. So it's a long film. Okay. But it's, it's a really well done film. Like James Mm -hmm. Cameron should have probably, went the route of like making a serious film and then making kind of like a family funny film and then making another serious film. Cause he truly had a knack for it. Right. He truly, yeah, he truly knew how to, how to take Schwarzenegger and make him humorous and deal with fucking Tom Arnold. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like Tom Arnold in this movie is not unbearable. He's, he's just a part of, of the team and he's funny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would definitely think, and it's got Tia Carrera in it back when like she was like super hot. So, okay. you know, for what it's worth, not like, um, Wayne's world hot, but you know, close to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you excited for the mighty ducks reboot? Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. I I do not remember seeing the whole movie 
of the original one. Yeah. But after watching the commercial, I'm kind of intrigued. Is it because he's a hockey player that doesn't like hockey or kids? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they don't make this they don't make a sign for that. Yeah. <laughs> See? I mean, I, I'm I'm that was never one of my like favorite films growing up. I, I think I was working at the movie theater when that came out. Okay. So I know I saw the first one because I had to watch everything once through to make sure it was put together right. So I'm sure I saw it. I'm not, I know that there were like three of them at one point. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see if they, how much they, they include from the, the films mm-hmm. and like, is it going to be like all the kids show up but older at some point? I don't know. So I don't know. I, I'm, it's not really on my list of like, out of my way to go see it. Okay. But if, you know, if the kid is like, Hey, we should watch this then maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. Now I think what they should have done was combined mighty ducks with the sandlot. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's basically the same film, just different, just different sports. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you can't do, Mighty Ducks and have somebody say, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> oh, the, or the, you could, but. The Sandlot was such a like magical like experience for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah not me. No? <laughs> nope. That, all I know about that movie is you're killing me, Smalls. So, uh, okay. Did you never watch like the whole thing? Nope. Oh, okay. I mean... <sighs> When you were growing up, were there like kids in the neighborhood that all got together to play games and like, not necessarily baseball, but like, you know, middle of the summer playing hide and seek or kickball or any of that? Um, street hockey. Street hockey. Okay. So then if you watch it, it, it happens at a time when like, you know, parents didn't really care in the summer where you were. It, they just go out and play and th- these kids wind up in a sandlot playing baseball. Right. And if you grew up in a neighborhood where kids did get together and did that kind of stuff, it's, it's very much a nostalgic thing of that. Okay. It's got James Earl Jones in it. You know, Darth Vader walking around as a blind guy. <laughs> Is this the one that has the ghost of Christopher Lloyd? No. Okay. No, you're thinking of um, Angels in the Outfield. That's it. It was one of those weird, back in the 80s, like early 90s to mid 90s, there was a bunch of baseball themed movies. Okay. And it was, it was Angels in the Outfield and The Sandlot. And it was the one where the kid broke his arm and they put it in a cast with like straight up. And when the cast got taken off, he could throw fastballs at like 110 miles an hour. Mm. So a major league baseball team hires him. Right. I can't remember what the name of it was. It had, it was the kid from American pie in it. 
Which one? Um. Oh, what's his name? He wasn't. Uh. Not Jason Biggs. No. Uh. Thomas Ian Nichols, and that was called. Where is it? Rookie of the Year. Uh, it sounds familiar. Is the name of that movie? Okay. Uh, yeah, he winds up pitching for like the Cubs or something. Yeah, the Chicago Cubs. And uh, it it was all within that time. Like all of these, like every single year that I worked at at the movie theater, there were baseball movies, and I don't know why that was such a big thing back then. Because then you had all the like the major league movies too. Oh, that's right. And and what was the Charlie Sheen Corbin Burnson one? That was that was Major League. Major League. Okay. Yep. yep. So all those came out within like a five year span. It was really weird. I guess they figured since the American pastime was baseball, people would want to watch movies of them. And I don't know if that ever worked. Hmm. Okay. Major League Three was shot right here in Charleston. Was it? Yep. But it starred Scott Bakula. Oh, okay. Big star. Yes. Well, I mean, he's he's Sam from Quantum Leap. That's right. And now he's on CSI New Orleans. Yep. He was in Star Trek. I was going to say he was in Star Trek, too. Yep, he was on Enterprise. Captain Archer. The only the only Star Trek show to start with a Rod Stewart song. It's very weird. I wouldn't suggest going back and watching Enterprise, though. No? No. Is that the one with Neelix? No, that's Voyager. Oh. Neelix is a terrible character too, but I think the last Star Trek series I watched before Picard was Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Which to be fair is a good place to stop. Yeah. I mean I enjoyed it in the beginning. Uh I mean Deep Space Nine has has one of the best um arcs in Star Trek history. The last two seasons is all one giant story. Mm-hmm. And the visual effects were coming about at the time where they could do big space battles and it looked really good. So that's always a good one too. You had the first black star Starfleet captain. Right. It was good. And then they brought Worf on board from Star Trek. And his son. And, well, for one episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the son who kind of looked Klingon in the beginning, then he looked really Klingon. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> and he and the actor who played his son was uh, Michael J. Fox's baby brother on Family Ties. Yep. Brian Bonzel. Yep. Ah, uh, the 80s. 
I remember them well. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there was some weird fucked up shit on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like behind the scenes. Like, did you know that they offered Will Wheaton instead of a pay raise, they were going to up the rank of his character. <laughs> that was in a negotiation. And he said, are you fucking smoking weed? What, uh, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I want to get paid. And they were like, well, this is the, this is the concession, you know? And he was like, thanks. I think I'll leave, which is why he left the show. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Because they didn't take him seriously. And it's like, Okay. I mean, I know "shut up, Wesley" is the is the catchphrase for his character, but like the dude's just an actor. Yeah, like he's just doing with what he was written. But apparently, I also learned that um, the big cliffhanger episode of "Best of Both Worlds," which is widely considered the best two episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation where Picard gets kidnapped by the Borg and gets turned into one was done because they were trying to negotiate with Patrick Stewart and he wasn't having any of it and he said look I'm the star of the show I'm number one on the the call list I deserve whatever he was trying to get and so they wrote it so in case over the summer they couldn't talk him into signing a new contract they just kill him off oh and a lot of shit happened that way. Apparently they would put the lead of the show in a position where it's like, well, if you don't sign this, you'll get killed off. And like, I don't know where the, how the the negotiations wound up. I mean, obviously they got what they wanted or whatever, but like they tried to do that shit all the time. to people in a cliffhanger. And then they just be like, all right, whatever. So very weird. Did I lose you again? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. I thought okay. you were going to make a point. No. Oh. Well, that was the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah. Not everything needs a point. Doesn't? No. Oh, okay. And we didn't talk about this last week, but did you happen to catch any of the Grammys? No. No, Mm -mm. Uh, it was a very diverse show. Okay. (laughs) Um, the, the highlight for me was after 10 o'clock when they did a full on production number to WAP. Nice. And I, and I couldn't believe this was network TV on a Sunday night. I heard there was a lot of flack that was sent to the FCC over that. I can see why. Yeah. There, there was a lot of twerking. Yeah. They had masks on, not much else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, of course, when Megan the Stallion won her Grammy, she was talking about how the album was all about women empowerment. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? Empowering that be what? Yeah. <laughs> Don't understand. <laughs> But what do I know? I also heard that the weekend is no longer going to be putting in his music for a Grammy. Yes. He's not allowing his agency, his record label to submit him anymore. I mean, look, I watched the Super Bowl. I watched the half 
halftime show, mm-hmm. I wasn't super impressed with his music. Now I'm not the audience for it, so I don't know. No, but well, there's also the one song you know, uh, yeah. and that's kind of it. it. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, when I watch that, like, there have been years when I've watched a performer that I wasn't really interested in, like Lady Gaga, the year that she was there. I came, like, I came away from that halftime show going, "Wow, she's a really good artist." Like whether mm-hmm. or not I like her her music doesn't take away from the fact that she's a good artist, right? Um, and a good uh, good entertainer and a good performer. the The weekend I was just like, okay, sure. You you didn't like run out and buy a jock strap to wear on your face <laughs> as a result of that? No, no, nope. Nope. So, I mean, I, I don't really get his little hissy fit over it other than like trying to. Well, he's, he's the whole, I guess he's got a song about plastic surgery. So last year he like made appearances with like his, his, um, his under his eyes blacked out and his nose all taped up. Like he had a nose job and, it's like, so your music's not good enough to stand on its own. You've got to have a gimmick. Is that it? Well, I mean, you could say that about Lady Gaga, too, at the time. Well, I, she is a gimmick. That's well, for sure. But, dress. but the, the music underneath it is much more impressive than The Weeknd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of him all like bandaged up and shit. Yeah. He just needs to date a Kardashian now. Oh, God. Well, I mean, (laughs) what's her name's available? The main Kim? Kim, yeah. Kim? Yep. Uh, Poor Kanye. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's heartbroken. I'm sure he doesn't even realize he was married to her. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, we've got yeah. kids? What? Wait, what the fuck, man? When did this happen? Yeah. Well, I was running gonna... for president, and now I'm getting divorced. What the hell? <laughs> I didn't know we know we was married. <laughs> Some crazy white bitch. Wait, I'm married to that ass? Uh-uh. <laughs> Weird. So, so was the Grammys one of those things where you watched it and didn't know like 90% of Anybody. who was on there? Yeah. 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 Um, the chick from Alabama Shakes did the In Memoriam and she was really good. Yeah. Um, a- apparently Wolfgang Van Halen was upset that his father didn't get a bigger send off. <laughs> well, but it's not that the Grammys aren't. The as, Oscars as inclusive musically as other award shows. I mean, there's always been it's always been a pop. Well, and he did make it into the video, but yeah. I guess Wolfie was thinking he deserved like a big chunk, a little bit longer. Yeah, like a like a a tribute thing. But it's that's not that's not the audience. Most of that Grammy audience doesn't know Van Halen songs or who he was. Yeah, at this point. 
it's all it's all our generation of people that are like oh man that's a real loss yeah I mean if if Eddie Van Halen had spent the last five years of his life playing guitar solos on hip-hop records Mm -hmm. like you know how he did for like Michael Jackson yep that might have been a bigger thing but he's not he's not the giant in the industry that he was no not at all Uh, maybe Wolfgang was expecting a payday from something Mm, I don't know I mean, I've seen videos of Wolfgang play guitar, and he's he's up there. Oh, yeah. So maybe he should, you know, try to make a name for himself instead. <laughs> I don't know. I heard that the um, the Oscars this year are not allowing Zoom-taped acceptance speeches. Really? Yeah. So that means they have to be there in person? Uh, or I guess they don't show up and somebody accepts it on their behalf. Oh. But I don't know. I looked at that list. I'm so lost this year on on the Oscars because I haven't seen any of that stuff. Right. And that's just from not going to the theater at all. Mm-hmm. Not having any interest in the couple things that came out. Right. I mean, big props for Steven Yoon and um, the guy from Rogue One, um, Ahmed. Rizzi? Yeah. Riz? Riz, yeah, him. Yeah. For for being the first two uh, Asian and I guess Middle Eastern, respectively, um, to ever be nominated for Best Actor, that it's not just okay. a bunch of white people. That's awesome. I, I, I haven't seen anything that that's been nominated, and I'm sure it's all online. I'm sure, like I think the 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 one that Riz is up for is on Amazon. Uh huh. I just it didn't interest me at all to to like seek it out. So I don't even know if I'll watch that. Hmm. I don't know. I only want you for the best song nominees. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the only the only category that I'm ever really truly interested in is visual effects. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, it's going to be Tenant because they're going to want to shut up Christopher Nolan about bitching about the um the theaters closing, right? So they'll give it to him because oh, he deserves it. And some of, some of it was cool, but I still like Tenant is not a movie I'm going to watch twice. I'm not even going to watch it once. <laughs> no, see, it's just it's very hard to keep track of, and like it kind of it kind of stops in the middle and then goes backwards, mm-hmm. uh, and like you wind up where you start, and you're like, whoa, okay, I'm totally confused. And he did, he did this weird thing. Apparently he, in the mix, um, he made it. So a lot of the dialogue was hard to hear. Okay. And he did it. Yeah. I remember hearing that. And it's like, why would you do that? I mean, I know he's some great author or something that he he thinks for whatever, (laughs) but it's some, 
at some point you, people have to hear what your characters are saying. So I don't know. Whatever. I just chalk up this year to a loss. Uh, yeah, exactly. Move on. Pick it up next year. Oh, good times. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. Yes, no, maybe. No, there was something I was going to talk about, something being rebooted or sequel or something, and I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll remember next week. No more reboots. No more No more sequels. No? No. No? I do wish I could see the R-rated version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Have you heard about that? I did hear about that, that there's a cut where it's all R-rated. Yes. That there was a, a, a PG, a PG-13, an R, and an NC-17. <laughs> there's got to be video somewhere. I mean, that's Robin Williams running around with his dick out, right? The NC-17 uh, yes. one? Yes. Because I can't imagine what else that would be. Well, I think it's things he improvises. Well, yeah. That scene where uh, where he, uh, you know, he's trying to get dressed or whatever quickly. Like maybe there was a shot of him hanging out of his pants or something. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, well, I mean, he's done it in other movies. He went full frontal in a movie? In Fisher King. Oh, okay. I never saw that. Yeah, with Jeff Bridges? I mean, I, this is going to sound like a weird question, but um, I'm assuming he's got as much hair there as like on his arms, right? Oh, he looks like, like Coco the Gorilla. Like, <laughs> <laughs> One hairline starts at the top, goes all the way down to his toes. All and the way up. over. Yep. Well, there is a, a visual to end on. There we go. There. All right. Well, if, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. It's John. Have a good week. Get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs>